When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Josh Rutledge, your co-host for Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to support us more, please head over to our website, fearscapepodcast.com. There you can click on store and browse some really awesome t-shirts and maybe pick a couple up. Or even go to our Patreon page and see how you can support us monthly. We love bringing you awesome content just as much as you like listening to it. Enjoy the show. Coming to you from nowhere, a suburb of parts unknown. Join Stefan and Lance, the Misters of the Dark, as they review all things horror with their latest victim. <laughs> I mean, guest. <laughs> New episodes of Misters of the Dark drop Mondays on the Fearscape Media Network. Fearscape Media Network. Exploring the unknown. One podcast at a time. Hello. I'm so glad you could join us. I hope you brought your blanket to hide under. The spooky crew is going to discuss things and events from other realms. Ghosts. Cryptids. Aliens. Be sure to hold your blanket extra tight as the boys take you deep into the fear scale, fear scale, fear scale. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a very... I'm sorry, I'm just super excited. You know, I'm trying to do the sports thing since sports is gone because of COVID. So, right. so just bear with me while I do my sports announcer thing, okay? Okay. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Let's get ready to rumble! Wait, is that copyrighted? Probably. Okay, well, I'm not going to edit it out, though. But this is Stefan Gearhart. I am your host. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. I am joined, as always, by my just... I mean, he is, like, just fit like a football player. Fit, nine feet tall, lips of a god, eyes of an angel, my co-host, Mr. Josh Rutledge. How are you today? I am doing spectacular, and uh, just so we're clear... If you watch our YouTube channel, that's actually a body double. <laughs> yeah, it's a stunt double. Stunt like, double. Yeah. yeah. Stunt double, body double. I mean, I, I only use body doubles for my, my butt shots whenever we do, if, you know, we show my No, butt. I, I, I use my real butt. Yeah, oh, I, I know. You're the Dennis Franz of... <laughs> 
<laughs> Fearscape, for sure. Uh, but no, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We have a really great show. Uh, we've got a very, very special guest coming on today to talk about UAPs and all sorts of really yeah, cool stuff. Awesome stuff. Uh, we've got Matt Tiller, um, who is the senior editor of the uh, SCU Review. And uh, we're going to be getting in, talking to him, talking about uh, uh, just some really cool awesome. stuff. I don't, I don't yeah. even want to give it away. I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away either. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. It, it's really a great episode uh, and a great interview. So, um, But, yeah, I'm super excited to be here, Josh. I'm just feeling really good. I'm feeling good. I, I am feeling an upswing as well. I am. Uh, you know, you know I, I've had kind of a rough day, a rough week. Really. It has been a rough week. I had a, I had a um, accidental root canal. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I went in to go like get I my stumbled crown. stumbled and fell on a drill? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> you know, I went in to get my crown, and then they were like, uh, well, no, you're going to need a root canal. So I had to then go get a root canal, and yeah. it's been incri- it's been crazy. Um, but I want to give a shout-out to Keith Age, you know, our good buddy Keith oh, Age. Yeah. Keith it, it has just been a good support. I mean, you know, he made sure to call me to check on my well-being after my root canal, and um, he was always so great hooking us up with wonderful guests and stuff like that. So yep. I just, big shout-out to Keith, and we, we need to get his ass back on the show here soon. <laughs> you know, like if we had a soundboard, we'd give you, a, you know, like a thousand hell yeahs or something. Like, yeah. Hell yeah. Or we should get some soundboard footage of Keith. <laughs> it all sounds like this. Owl. 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 Giant owl. owl. I hate orbs. <laughs> owl. Psychics be damned. <laughs> no, we're just messing with you, Keith. Keith we love yep. you. Um, but yeah, I want to get into uh, this episode because lots of cool stuff is happening recently and in the future, which we're going to talk to you guys about some stuff that's coming up soon. Uh, after the interview, we're going to talk about it um, as well as pushing you know, our Fearscape uh, media network. There's just a lot yeah. of awesome stuff going on. A lot on. of stuff happening right now. Now. I, like I said, I'm just like high on life at the moment, which is it's, maybe it's still anesthesia from the surgery. I don't, it could I don't be. <laughs> so, but anyways, let's jump into our first segment of the week as usual. The psychic word of the week. And now, the psychic word of the week. That's right. The psychic word of the week comes from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary from the one, the only Dr. June Bletzer. Rest in peace, honey buns. Um, this book is amazing. It's from the 80s. And if you have not listened before, this book is a wealth of knowledge. And I highly recommend getting it because it blows our mind every time. And we use bibliomancy, essentially. We just yeah. flip through the just pages. Just randomly flip it. And like, oh, what's that word? <laughs> it seems to like correlate with everything we do most yeah. of the time. Slaying in the spirits still one of my favorites yeah um but this time we spun the pages uh flipped the pages and landed on page 125 the first word that i saw was a word called computerists and so immediately i'm thinking like revenge of the nerds or my buddy dave mattingly like what's that show with uh val kilmer the movie oh the movie where he's like a smart Oh, you're talking about Real Genius? Yeah. Uh, that's a good movie. I was like, he's not in much anymore because um, his throat don't work. Yeah. That's a true story. Uh, anyways, Computerist says, uh, and it is in parentheses, it says esoteric, which is such a great word, says soul minds who choose to live in the etheric world vibration in an energy field similar to a man-made computer after making their earthly transition. Advanced soul minds who are in an awareness 
awareness of numbers and can comprehend the thousands of vibrational frequencies of the atmosphere. Desire universal love evolvement. And, uh, of course, the little section at the bottom that's kind of like a little thesaurus says extraterrestrial beings, solid state life forms at the bottom there. Um, very interesting because immediately, like, my first thought when she's talking about this was Lawnmower Man. And I, I guess that's that's not right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because she said it's like like being in a computer, I guess. It's like Johnny Mnemonic. I guess so. Yeah, a bomb. Um, <laughs> and I meant the film, not, not what happened to him. Um, but yeah, no, it's very, very interesting. I mean, it, it, it see soul beings she talks about, and it seems like they have knowledge, everything. It's it's interesting that she mentioned atmosphere. Yeah. I, I well, thought that was very interesting. What's, what's really kind of striking a chord with me on this is, and I hate and I hate to do this because because again I'm going to go back to Hellier. Did you but, say striking a chord? Yeah, I don't know if people heard that on. <laughs> we'll see. Um, bang! But uh, to go back to Hellier, um, when Dana does the uh, the God helmet, mm-hmm. and she talks about interacting oh, yeah. with those entities and that how they don't really talk in words they talk in emotions yes uh, uh, there there are a number of uh channelers and the like that say that the things that they pick up are yeah are that their emotions or colors or yeah. things like that because, uh, why we assume that automatically the spoken language is how well and anything else is going to speak when I was, no other animal does and i was as i was reading the back of uh my kids shampoo bottle today uh, I've, I've been in the bathroom and you forgot your phone. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> um, I realized that, uh, like, there's so the their shampoo or something was like Fructus Clean or something. Mm-hmm. But the French translation was Fructus Caress. And I realized that likely there is not a direct correlating word in a lot of languages for certain words in English. For sure. Yeah. And so... We just we just take whatever the perceived meaning of that word is and match it to the closest word in that language that also have a similar meaning. And right? sometimes we just take that word like taco instead of calling it Mexican sandwich, <laughs> right? You know, right. sometimes we'll assimilate words right. just like they assimilate our words, things like internet or so. Like that. If you're talking to a being who doesn't have the dictionary context of the language in which you speak, you speak right. then perhaps the words that come out are the closest they can get to their intent. Well, if you think about it, I mean, a great percentage of words are objects, right? They're based on objects. Yeah. Well, they may not have a webcam. They may not have a T-shirt, right? right? You know, so it's like all of these things. So you'd have to, you know, T-shirt, You might it might be like upper upper torso covering i don't i don't know <laughs> well but i mean you know so so along that line if if you were to get a string in like an estes message or a, or a channel that said something like you know blue sadness monkey escapes butt. monkey you know who knows <laughs> like you would you would think that was nonsense Right. But in all actuality, it might be the closest. Well, and we talk about that all the time when doing Estes sessions that sometimes it is. It's a string of words that may tell a story better than we realize. Yeah. We just don't know how to comprehend it yet. Right. So. So anyways, that's. But when you talk about. Computerists. That, well, that computerist word, you know, talking thinking about that, that soul mind that is basically grown beyond the need for 
verbal communication. Sure. It's kind of like twins, how twins can speak to yeah. each other without, and, and, you know, everyone automatically assumes it's like the, um, you know, escape to Witch Mountain or whatever, where it's like, Tony, can you hear me? Yes, Tia, I can. You know, no, right. the twins, it's just, it's just this feel. My sister and I do it. We, my sister and I do that a lot. It's like we can just sometimes speak to each other without words. You know, yeah. it, it's it's really really interesting. So, It'd be interesting to see how your your girls communicate throughout their lives. So right now they just scream at each other. <laughs> yeah, right now their walls are up. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on from our psychic word of the week and move to uh, some spooky news. All right, so I've got a fun one. Um, I actually have a Bigfoot sighting, which is kind of fun. We I don't know that besides doing a full episode, um, uh, if we've had one. Uh, but this comes from Coast to Coast AM, which, of course, is a fantastic radio show. Um, but they also put out a lot of news as well. Uh, this comes uh, from their website. This actually came back from July 27th. I've been hanging on to this. I've been, there's been, Josh, there's been a lot of paranormal news um, over the last couple months. And maybe it's because people are bored on uh, because of the quarantine. They've yeah. had more time to look into stuff. Wait, but like look up uh, before quarantine. I mean, I feel like I was always struggling to find stories. Uh, now I've I have like fifteen waiting in my bookmarks like to yeah, use. Yeah. So we had bots set up to look. Yeah, for and, but I mean I had them set up before and it was like nothing like this. Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, this one uh, the the uh, the article's uh, headline says bizarre Bigfoot encounter reported in New York's Hudson Valley. Um, so what it says is in a strange case out of New York's Hudson Valley region, a woman claims to have had an unsettling encounter with an aggressive Bigfoot. According to a local television station, the strange incident occurred earlier this month in the community of Hyde Park, not Jekyll and Hyde Park, but that's <laughs> funny, and was subsequently reported to area Sasquatch researcher Gail Beatty. The unnamed witness, she said, recounted spotting a huge creature that appeared to be between six and seven feet tall and that was not Shaquille O'Neal. I will point that out. It was not Shaq. Um, undoubtedly already taken aback by what she was seeing, uh, Beatty uh, explained that the woman's experience took a troubling turn when the mysterious beast came running towards her. The bushes were parting and she heard these heavy footsteps. Incredibly, the Bigfoot researcher said when the creature reached the witness, it jumped up into the tree above her, causing the branches and leaves to rain down upon her. This potential Bigfoot, Beatty recalled being told by the witness, then proceeded to leap from tree to tree above their head. Although she did not indicate how the encounter came to an end, the Sasquatch researcher said that the woman understandably described the entire affair as terrifying. Unfortunately, it would seem that the woman did not obtain any evidence of her encounter in the form of a photo or video, presumably because she fled the scene rather than wait around to see what the creature would do next. And I will just add here, I highly recommend that for anybody. If a Bigfoot is coming at you, right. run. Just just get out. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, there are a lot of research and stories that say they are very aggressive and territorial. very protective and yeah. territorial. Get out of there. Yes, yeah. we want evidence. But trust me when I say somebody's just going to say it was CGI'd anyways. Right. So get out of there, protect yourself, and just report it. So right. that's that's what we want to know. But again, she's unidentified because the stigma behind it. Right, exactly. 
And man, I'm just telling you, like when she said this thing came running at her, <laughs> oh man, I'd have been, I'd have either passed out or, or or ran. Like, well, and you know, it's a good thing you got your knee fixed. Cause, I, oh, I know, <laughs> I know, because you'd be dead. Yeah, I'd be like, come get me. <laughs> I hope you're more sassy than squatchy. <laughs> But yeah, there there is um, on the article uh, there. There is a little video. I think uh, I think it's a little a bit of an interview with the researcher um, and some little backgrounds into Bigfoots and stuff. But uh, other than that, yeah, that's a, that's the spooky news for this week. And um, we we have been coming across a lot more Sasquatch sightings and I mean, just, and, and the like. Just in general, there's just a lot more sightings. Just, yeah, I mean. UAP, Sasquatch. And, and, you know, we joke that it's COVID, but no, this was happening yeah. in, you know, towards the end of last year as well. I mean, I, I really think it's just that activity is stepping up and we would be going into potentially a flat period. Maybe. Yeah, I, I definitely I mean, think we're, we're due, hitting a flat period for sure. For sure. So, I mean, you know, with the advent of things like Unidentified and, yeah. and things like that, and even the Skinwalker, uh, Skinwalker Ranch show. Right. They they even saw UAP. <laughs> they were like, what? Right. Not even trying to find one. So, yeah, I think I think we're starting to see a lot more. But, but speaking of UAPs, uh, you know, the, the new term for UFOs that people are using. Right. Unidentified aerial phenomenon. Um, Which really is more encompassing because an object impl- implies that it's a physical thing phenomenon is is really could be anything of the aerial sort and and we talked to matt about that as well and i love his explanation about not all things are flying they could be floating they could be (laughs) you know but i'll save that for the interview but i want to get into this week's um uap sighting of the week All right, so as usual, we're going to be looking up through uh, New Fork or MUFON or news articles where we can find someone that has found some sort of unidentified aerial phenomenon and reported it. So what do we have this week, Josh? So I have a doozy for you this week. Oh, a doozy. I thought you were going to say doozer from Fraggle Rock, but... No. Who was doozer? The doozers. Oh, they were the little green guys. Yeah, the little builders. Yeah, that built stuff all. They had no life besides building 24 hours a day just right. so the fraggles could eat their cr- like it's horrible it's a horrible, horrible. ecosystem yeah. it's horrible so this is not about them <laughs> <laughs> uh it would be interesting to know if fraggle rock is based on any type of uh lore yeah oh they are darrows and taros man let me tell you they are the shaver mystery they are that is fraggle rock Anyway, so this happened um, in Glasgow, Kentucky. Ooh, so another one here within our state. Yep. Uh, this was on August 4th of this year, so just, just you know, like nine days ago um, at the time of this recording. Uh, event occurred on the Lewis B. Nunn Cumberland Parkway between Glasgow, Kentucky and Bowling Green, Kentucky. Time of the event was before 5 a.m. and 5.15 a.m. I was driving west on the Cumberland Parkway towards I-65, just past the last Glasgow exit. I saw what appeared to be the woods on fire. Everything was red up ahead and into the woods. A minute or two after seeing the red from the sky to the ground, I observed several round silver disc-shaped objects with six white lights on the bottom of the craft. 
object. The first one I observed was approximately 400 to 500 feet in the air, and there were similar craft on both sides of the road. As I continued driving, I saw multiple similar craft all over the sky. They appeared to be stationary, and I would say there was 8 to 10 of them. Several miles down the road, right around the I-65 south exit from the Cumberland Parkway, I observed many more of the same type of craft, but higher up in the air. Maybe another six or eight craft. There were several other cars in the area and a motorcycle right behind me. I would really be interested if anyone else reported this sighting. Man, now as someone who went to school down there, I went to Western Kentucky University, so I was in Bowling Green. I was on those parkways a million times. Oh, I mean, there's there's no streetlights. Yeah, I mean it's pretty dark. That sir, uh, sir or madam, whoever this was, yeah. wow, I, I I can't imagine the emotions that you went through and trying to maintain driving at the same time. Well, right? and it's like that picture you posted several. I was almost, just thinking about that from when ago. I was going yeah. up to Ohio. I, I was looking at that because I wanted to send my uh, UAP sighting from July 4th to Matt Tiller. And uh, when I was going through my pictures, I came across that yeah. that video and those pictures. And yeah. it reminds me of like, so basically it's like seeing that and then seeing essentially 18 disc crafts with six lights on the bottom of them in the area. Well, I'll tell you what, like with mine, had my wife not been in the car with me and she was sleeping, like I would have pulled off. I would have investigated. I would have drove all over the place looking for it because there was just a big giant cloud. And I'm like, was something hiding behind the cloud? Like, but I knew my wife would be like, we got to get to where we're going. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's just swamp gas. Continue on. (laughs) (laughs) It's a weather balloon exploding. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Google balloon. (laughs) So, but yeah, I mean that that's it is that is just an amazing sighting and Ooh. and if and if the uh, the person listening or if the person who 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 reported this happens to be listening, reach out cuz I would love to know more about, you know, kind of where this was. Oh, yeah, especially uh, with me who's familiar with that yeah. area. God, I would love to know. I would absolutely love to know. So, so. Woo, man. I just I'm I got to I got to sit on that. I mean, that's Yeah, that's, I mean that's I mean, that's probably one of the most uh, solid reportings that we've read uh, since we started doing this segment that can't be discarded as like Starlink or a yeah. satellite or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, this is hardcore, man. Like, and I get it. I get I get not having evidence. I mean, things like that. It's like, I mean, yeah. you remember I said when we were in Point Pleasant, when we saw that UAP, I immediately like don't even think to get my phone out till towards the end. And when I do like the flash is on, I can't get anything going yeah. by the time it, it's gone. Like, right. you know, it, it's well, so so many of these things, I think, are really meant for the viewer. I mean, granted, you know, we can share our experiences and that helps other people know that they're not alone. Right. But really, your experience is, is for you. Know, it's for you. Well, you know, unidentified, uh, Luis Elizondo, excuse me, one of the things he says at the end of, I think, the very last episode that's out right now, which at the time of this recording is episode five, he says there are so many military people, airline pilots, um, just people in the field that have seen these sightings and are too afraid to come forward. Yet if we would all just come forward... Yeah. The noise we could make, yeah, and and there's already a good amount of noise, 
right? I mean, well, I we, think, we do the uh, the statistics every month. Right. Well, I, I remember reading, I think we talked about it once or twice. There's a, there's a section in uh, one of the books that we just read. I want to say it was um, Secret Cipher, where at the time of that republication, uh, they had done some research. And at that time, it was estimated to be around 3 million people have had a quote-unquote UFO experience. Right, and those are just documented. Those ones. are just documented. Yeah, those are the those are the people that came forward and then and put I, it in a newspaper or in and UFON. I, and I don't mean to. I don't mean to. I don't mean to. Um, my next statement. I don't mean to hopefully make anybody mad, but I just want to say that there are more people who have recently had UFO experiences than there are who have had angelic or demonic experience yes yeah i've said that I've, I've said that before as well that there there are more people that claim to have seen uaps and things like that than anyone has ever claimed to say that they've seen jesus or or uh you know any other god that's right. out there right so uh, and again and that's, that's th- not against you know, yeah that's you, not against that if you, you want to you know if you if that's your belief that's okay i'm not trying to i'm not trying to tread on it i'm just saying that if you put your belief in that um, is there room for belief in something else? And has- something that millions of people are seeing. Right. And are having experiences with, right? So, um, yeah. And I guess it's because it's not a cultural thing yet. Most religion tends to be cultural. It's like yeah. your parents pass it on to you and so on and so right. forth. Well, uh, especially here in uh, the good old U.S. of A. Well, I'm passing uh, this stuff on to my kids. <laughs> for, I'm passing it on to your kids. So, <laughs> so uh, all right. So, um, again, we're about to get into an interview with Matt Tiller from the SEU Review. Um, but, of course, before we get into that, I want to get into some creepy ketchup because you have been, like, teasing me about your experience. And I'm really, really – well, and you also teased me during my experience. <laughs> uh, so let's quickly get into creepy ketchup so we can get to Matt Tiller. Creepy Ketchup, Creepy Ketchup, Creepy Ketchup, Creepy Ketchup, y'all it's creepy. Alright, so Creepy Ketchup, we are always talking about uh, things that have happened to us within the last week or so that that we have met. If anything odd or weird, dreams or yep. paranormal or spooky or UFO or UAP related has happened. Um, I'll quickly go through mine real quick because mine continues this... This paranoia that (laughs) you, me, and Santosh have been going through since Point Pleasant that something weird is happening, whether it's men in black or or whether it's just legit our paranoia. Um, But I was at work today, uh, and I was there in the building again by myself, uh, which (laughs) is just (laughs) creepy, man. Well, like, I'm sitting there, and, and there was a storm, but it didn't hit where I was working. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people were talking about Louisville having issues and stuff like that. Well, I'm sitting there, and there is, I think, four to six big lights. And now the ceiling is like a 20-foot ceiling. There's lights and ceiling fans. Yep. And uh, all of a sudden, they went out. And I'm like, okay. But you're... you're but yeah. Did my your computer... Compu- no, my computer, my desk light didn't go out. No, the, the printers across the... Nothing else went out. So I'm like, okay. Okay, I can I can check this. I'll go check the breaker. I mean, it's an old building, right? And uh, breaker's not blown. <laughs> it's I'm like okay. So like as I'm walking back, like 
boom, turns back on. You said there was like a loud screeching noise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, I already wrote that out of my memory. Um, yeah. So there was this loud, like, screeching noise. It was almost like it was metallic, you know, but well, not really. You know, of course I didn't hear it, but what it kind of reminds me of is like, an old generator coming online, which is maybe, why, but which is why I was asking maybe if it was like a generator. No, because the we we do have a generator, but it's one we hook up when we need it. Okay, that we do not have one that's set on standby. It's a gas powered, you know, one that uh, our boss brings from his house whenever the power goes out. Um, so yeah, no, it's just this weird quick screech, and then the lights come back on. Well, then. Like, the lights go out again later after I've already said this to you guys because I'm a little freaked out just because, you know, it is super dark and cloudy out. So it made the place really dark. Uh, And then, like, two lights come on. (laughs) Just two. Just two. And I'm like, what the heck? I mean, two of the lights, the fans come on. The other ones are not. And then, like, a few minutes later, they're all back on again. And I'm like, what the heck? And I didn't tell you in Santosh, but a little bit later it flickered. Yeah. And so, you know, but anyway, so I'm sending you guys pictures. I'm like, look, man, I'm, cr- I'm creeped out over here. You stupid. You send me this. You send me the picture that I sent back and you're like, you zoomed on it a little bit. You're like, zoom into this. Oh, my God. Do you see what's in the back? So I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man. I don't want to see because I've had a lot of haunting stuff happen to me while in this building. And so, like, I'm zooming in and I'm like, oh, OK, because in front of our accountant's desk, is uh, this big coat rack. And so I'm like, oh, he just sees this coat rack. He thinks that that's a person back there. Oh, I'm going to totally play it up. And then, like, my eyes flip to the left. And there I see this man standing there in a black hat and coat and, like, sunglasses. And then I'm like, this mother trucker right here, he superimposed a damn men in black, a man in black in the back room, like, looking over a table at me. It got me for, like, two seconds. I was mad. That's that's awesome. I love it. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I was dying when I said it. To you. I was like, I was just trying to imagine in my head what you must be thinking or saying. <laughs> well, because you know, you just talk yourself into things, you know, and you're like, oh good. <laughs> so let's get off of that. And uh, what what was your creepy catch-up for the week? Yeah. So uh, so I've had a lot of um, just a lot of house activity lately. Like, just the house has been active. I mean, it's just, you know, footsteps and floor creaks and stuff moving. You're like, uh, what's his name? Somebody's watching me. Like, uh, a couple days ago, I was working, and the cat was, like, laying on the floor at my feet. Mm -hmm. And I hear, like, one of the doors push open. (laughs) Like, oh, yep, that's not the cat. So, um, Bye, Felicia. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I'm, I'm never, I've never, ever felt scared about it mm-hmm. like it's never been that kind of feeling but um so last night i went to bed uh wife was tired she went on to bed we, like i was like i fell asleep fast I always do well i don't know what time it was but at some point i woke up because our headboard of our bed has these sliding so it's a wooden headboard and it has these sliding like doors i guess Oh, okay. And so when they slide back and forth, they bump into each other and they make noise. Right. So I was awoken by those sliding into each other and making noise. Hmm. Uh, Kristen kind of stirred a little bit. So I laid there. So you knew it wasn't Kristen. Yeah. So I laid there and I was kind of like, like I had that, that uh, body 
paralysis stuff sleep going. Paralysis, sleep paralysis, yeah. Had that going. And I just kind of laid there with my eyes open and off to the side. Now, this is the same area that weeks, a couple weeks ago I had, like, with my eyes closed, this vision of, like, this entity standing there radiating oh, yeah. you know, energy yeah. at me. So I'm, sta- I'm sitting there watching, and it's, like, distorted. Like, the area is distorted. And the best that I could describe it as is it's like when you put um, oil in water, and it kind of has that kind of distorted haze, and yeah. that's what it looked like, just kind of floating there, distorted. And at one point in time, I started to dismiss it, and it moved. It like shifted. <laughs> it like shifted off to the side yeah. a little bit, and then it moved back. And I was like, "Oh, okay." So then I was like, "Well, whatever. If you're going to do something, just do it and get it over with." And I just closed my <laughs> eyes and went back to sleep. I see your cloaking mechanism, <laughs> but that got me thinking about the line from Terry Wrist and the line in uh, I think it's in the the interview with Terry Wrist in uh, Secret Cipher that talks about the ink and black. Now they they interpret ink and black to be equal out to one twelve, but also goes out to in, in right. And they they named the Hellier episode uh, with Alan Greenfield the ink and black, black right? right? So they interpret, and I don't know. This might be you know I'm sure that in the cipher that works out to the same, but the the interpretation is is that Ink and black is code for Indrid Cole because in the cipher they both work out to one twelve. Mm. But what I would say is, is what if Ink one twelve is also a badass R and B group? They are <laughs> spectacular. Just want to throw that out there. But but what if Ink and Black is a description of their race or their entire people their species? Their species. Like what if what if they actually have no physical form? Oh. What if they're just floating ink and black? All right. Well, I'm going to throw this at you. You know, there are a lot of people that say that octopuses and squid are not of this earth. There there are many, many theories that talk about this because there's nothing else like them. Yep. Um, and that they have DNA that's like nothing else. Well, they also ink. Yeah. And it's black. It's like wonder. This is, and I know it sounds goofy, but you know, what if it it is? It's housing. Yeah. That right. If if your theory is correct that it is these beings, like it, that is a way for them to, rem- like like a, a like a slug in a shell. Yeah. You know, or is when when they're spotted, they ink and disappear, and what's left behind is that distorted ink and black view that yeah. I saw. Maybe. I mean, because it's, it's crazy the way that octopus can, like, camouflage itself so quickly. Oh, I know. I mean, I, there's nothing like that. I mean, it's insane. It's like even the reptiles that can camouflage, yeah. it's not that quick. Right. I mean, they, I mean, they're just instant. It's boom. Yeah. <laughs> and they can look like anything. Like, like they, anything. they can make their skin even look like coral. Have you yeah. seen Like, it's oh, crazy. Oh, it's insane, man. That's why I like um, Finding Dory 2, like the second one, because <laughs> that, that octopus is my favorite well, and, character. Well, and, and they, they've actually done a lot of experiments and shown that octopi are... I know. I don't know if it's octopuses I, or octopi. I think it's octopi. But they're very intelligent. Yes. Uh, 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 like, like they, they put a... They put a, uh, a mollusk, which is what they like to eat, mm-hmm. in a jar and closed it and put it on the other side of like a, a container 
which had a couple of different ways to get to the jar. The octopus probed for a little bit, and then it went right to the jar, and opened the jar, and got the mollusk. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see a rat do that. Yeah. Um, so I will tell you that uh, the plural for octopus is actually octopuses. It says, however, people tend to use the terms octopi or octopodes, uh, while octopuses is the actual correct term. I disagree. It's octopi. <laughs> <laughs> it says octopi has become very popular in modern usage, even though it's wrong. <laughs> though, and like anything, it'll just yeah. end up in the dictionary and right. change. That's the beauty of language. Right. Um, but yeah, thank so, you. So yeah, so that's my that's my creepy ketchup. But Interesting. Like I said, it's just I think you need to um, focus towards that a little bit and see what you can find and, and explore that. I'd yeah. be interested to see if anything else happens, and it kind of fits some of those things that have been happening to you well, so. it's <clears throat> what so what i don't know this is probably a, a weird extrapolation but it's almost like something was on my wife's side put its hand on the headboard and leaned in the doors moved and it made noise so phew, it shot away and then i just saw like an octopus well and <laughs> well here i'm, gonna, I'm about to blow yeah. your mind a little bit here what if what if that ripple is what's left over when they phase back into their dimension. That's what I'm saying. So it's like an octopus shooting back, and, yeah. and it's like that ripple is essentially the ink. Yeah. So, boom. We just <laughs> solved We just solved dimensional travel. Yeah. We're good to go. All right. Well, let's get out of Creepy Ketchup, and let's get into this interview. Like we said, we have Matt Tiller uh, from the SCU Review. Um, good dude. And uh, we, we're going to get straight into that right after... A quick ad break. Fearscape Media Network is your new home for everything weird and enlightening. Check out podcasts and YouTube shows covering content from discussions on horror films to the paranormal to meditation. Find out more at fearscapemedia.com. Hey everyone, Josh here. Do you feel like mainstream options for things such as yoga, meditation, or documentaries and films meant to expand your mind are lacking? Have you heard of Gaia? Gaia is the largest resource of consciousness expanding videos. Both Stefan and I have watched several of the series, documentaries, and films available on topics such as the secret space program, channeling interdimensional beings, and alien encounters. We're just now exploring the over 8,000 films, shows, and classes available to stream on your favorite devices. To get your 10-day free trial of Gaia, go to fearscapepodcast.com slash Gaia offer. Again, that's fearscapepodcast.com slash G-A-I-A offer. All right. Thank you guys for sticking around. Uh, we have the guest that we were talking about. We have the Matt Tiller, uh, the senior editor of the SCU Review and uh, host of the YouTube channel Tiller for Riller. Man, I'm super excited to have you on here, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us here on Fearscape, man. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. The SCU Review. Uh, what does SCU stand for? 
Uh, the SEU, uh, or the, the, the full name, is uh, the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies. Uh, formerly, it was the Scientific Coalition for Ufology. But yeah. I used the name uh, a little over a year ago to reflect the a more accurate mission statement. Yeah, we're, so we're starting to see that a lot more, yeah. this, this move away from UFO to UAP. Yeah. And I just, I wondered if it was because there was, there's, there's a lot of historical um, baggage, if yeah, you will, stigma. that's, that's attached to the term UFO. And I wondered if UAP kind of was a reinventation of that. Any insight? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the different ways, uh, or there's, uh, there's like uh, different interpretations of that or perhaps different goals. For me, staying UAP is more um, like goal oriented. Yeah. A UFO does have a lot of baggage attached to it. And it's almost like, um, uh, okay, terms today, like uh, the, the Washington Redskins, there's a controversy over yes. should they change their name because that is a racial slur, right? Right. 30 years ago, no one really thought about it very much, like in mainstream media and whatnot. So, yeah, UFO, that conjures up lots of kooky stories, lots of weird like folklore yeah and uh, ghost science stories. fiction it, it, it's versus fearful. science fact yeah, yeah. well and it, it really exactly and uh-huh yeah for a lot of people i think when they hear ufo they automatically go to extraterrestrial yeah yeah and and then if i in conversation with someone say uh ufo they automatically think that like I am uh, dead set on this being like a, an extraterrestrial vehicle or from right. another planet or something. Right. And UAP, in my opinion, is much more open because we don't know what these things are. When we say unidentified flying object, is it flying? Is right. it an object? <laughs> so, right. Yeah, we, we don't know. So unidentified aerial phenomena, Right. that's more... Uh, open to interpretation. Ooh, which, and I I do yeah. want to discuss episode five of uh, <laughs> season two. Yeah, of season two, um, I of unidentified. I do want to get to that, but before we get to that, I want to give everybody a quick little history lesson here and say that uh, we have been talking with Matt now back and forth, emailing for good probably about a year. Uh, Matt and I have a yeah. mutual friend. Mm-hmm that said, oh, I need to talk to Matt. It's right up my alley. And she was absolutely correct. And we have had some amazing, (laughs) deep, mysterious, wonderful conversations for a year. And uh, it finally got to the point where Josh and I were like, let's get this man on the show um, because you are a wealth of knowledge. And we are so very thankful to have made your acquaintance. And again, thanks for coming on the show, man. It's, it's, It's cool. It's been a wonderful year. Man, thanks, guys. I I really appreciate that. Like that's uh that's very flattering. <laughs> yeah, I I told Josh I was just like you know, um, Fearscape used to focus very heavily on just uh, old school paranormal like ghosts and and demons and things like that. But once I started reaching, we started reaching out to one another. Um, it, it took a sharp left towards uh, this UAP phenomenon and things like that, and really kind of opened up a path 
for when Josh came on as well for us to really move in that direction. And uh, definitely emailing with you was one of those trigger points for sure um, that really helped us cool. take a focus in that direction. Now, we still cover, you know, classic yeah, right. you know, hauntings and stuff like that. But good God, we have been obsessed mm-hmm. <laughs> with all of this. Yeah. <laughs> and so you are a, a, a very big factor in that, man. I just wanted to give you credit for that. Thanks, Thanks guys. Well, you know, it, it did me good, especially early on. And I do want to send sincere thanks to our mutual friend. Um, you know, it's, it's been a while, but uh, I've been very busy too. So anyways, I don't want to get into all of that. But uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't really have anyone that I could, could uh, speak with about some of these things. And some things were initially a little troubling. When you make that type of paradigm shift to where it, this is a part of your waking reality. It's like now you don't just close the book and say, well, this is a bunch of BS anyways. Mm-hmm, Who knows right. if it's really true and you go to sleep or you turn the TV off and you're like, yeah, well, you know, and they or may not be true, you go to sleep. Well, when you make that paradigm shift, your first thought conversations you have with yourself, you start thinking like, well, if this is true, does that mean all of it is true? All of it. And we're talking about like this threat aspect and look at how much we definitively know is true. It's not that much, surprisingly. Even at a government level, it's not that much. Mm-hmm. Well, what's, what's really interesting, I think, for like Stefan and I is we've been really trying to approach things from a kind of a universal phenomenon perspective. So it's not just a UAP and it's not just maybe cryptid and it's not just Sasquatch and it's not just whatever. Yeah, even maybe even ghosts. Maybe even ghosts are somewhat somewhat looped into it all to say that it's all the phenomenon and how does it all relate to each other right it really has been hearkening back a lot to the shaver mystery in my in my opinion yeah and you know i encourage your listeners and and any anyone you know listening in or or whatever um try to find answers in your own thoughts you know try to find like a unifying theory because that's the only way your thought process is going to grow you know, and like you say, it's, you know, you've got like Bigfoot or uh, cryptozoological animals or monsters, uh, ghosts, uh, angels, demons, UFOs, uh, all of these crazy things. They tend to occur in the same spots yes, they are, around yeah. the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they occur near fault lines or parallel lines in the yep. latitude latitude and sometimes they occur cyclically like um like on a cycle yeah yep. um so like every year or every three years or every nine years these um same phenomena will occur yep. well so then is it more of like is the phenomenon more of an effect of how we how we observe it does it affect our senses? Not necessarily saying that it's a hallucination, but are we not accurately able to interpret with our five senses because this thing, whatever it is, is so far removed from our senses mm-hmm. that we cannot accurately perceive it? 
Right. We talk about that all mm-hmm. the time. We talked about cool. um, the documentary, uh, What the Bleep Do We Know, where they talked about uh, <laughs> the um, the Native, Amer- well, the South American natives there. When they saw the ships, they were so large and so crazy looking that they that more than likely their eyes couldn't even see them coming into port because they'd never seen anything like that before. Um, and that so the much of the, couldn't process the it. brain couldn't process mm-hmm. it. And, you know, the same thing can be said about UAP and phenomenon and stuff like that, that there's this possibility that our brain can't handle it. Though some say that some humans are a little more open to it. Or if, if you've opened that eye, so to speak, and see it, mm-hmm. you will be able to see it more and more. And it's interesting because John Keel in Operation Trojan Horse, he talks about a lot of the uh, UFO sightings of the early, like, ni- or 20th 1800s. century, 1800s, 20th century, and stuff like that, that they were see-through, that they that they were mm-hmm. almost like a hologram, right? And it, to me, it's yeah. almost like they couldn't process it, right? So that's 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 what they, they saw this like half image in in a way is kind of how yeah. I read it. Here's another thing I've been thinking about lately. How many of these uh, UFO sightings are time, time travel experiments in the future? Yeah. You yes. know? We've talked like, about that a lot. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, like if you're going to, um, if you're going to invest research, like, okay, um, money into research and development of time travel, are you going to go to the past or are you going to go to the future? Well, out of curiosity, I would definitely want to go to the future first. But if I ever want to recover uh, my technology, if it crashes, I want to go to the past. Because yes. if I time travel into my backyard um, a year from now, a year into the past, and, I, and it crashes, well, then I know where to go look Yeah, in my backyard. It's going to be all messed up. And covered with like one year of rain or whatever. So, how much of a loop, if if the if that is indeed the case, how much of a loop are um have they opened up? If it's a thirty-year loop or a one-hundred-year loop, um, could some of the improvements in the technology be due to improved technology one hundred years from next year, one hundred years from two years from now, and on down the line? Well, and, and that really gets into the episode that we did on John Teeter as well. So, oh yeah, yeah, and just well, and then I, I, that idea that you can only go back so far as well right. also really pushes that idea of it, uh, technology advancing as well. Because right. if you can only let's say you can only go back sixty years, right? Well, that means twenty years from now, you know, sixty years from now is eighty. You know, it's right. like so. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would. I, I'm gonna have to like plea or claim your poster there with I want to believe the story of John Titter or Peter. Yeah, it's so cool, man. Especially when he like um, is leaving messages for himself on the internet. Because see, yeah. I thought about that uh, with the time travel experiments. You would want media coverage so you can see if it worked or not. I mean, right. how else if you travel to the right. past, how are you gonna work? If there's newspaper headlines, you can go back and research, correct? Yeah, there's another time traveler. There's another time traveler thing that I had seen on YouTube one time, and it was a it, it, it was a news story, and it was this this reporter who 
said, fine, I'll go. This guy had been begging her forever. Please, I'm a time traveler. I want you to see this. I want you to see this. And he went out there, she went out there and talked to him and all kinds of stuff like that. But that's exactly what it makes me think of is he can then go back and watch that, you know? Right. Okay. <laughs> so very, cool, very yeah. interesting. Yeah, because that was not a fictional mm-hmm. thing that I saw. This, so She was like, I don't know what to think here. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, the most convincing case... I ever heard of someone who claimed to be a time traveler um, cannot be separated from some sort of mental illness, but it's but the testimony alone was not so far fetched that you couldn't try to open your mind a little bit. It was um, a university student, I don't remember what country, who said that he remembers. Like everything he does, he's remembers that he's done it before. Hmm. Like like a persistent deja vu yeah, all the right. time with everything he does, and it's not just deja vu. It's like like actual memories, you know, according to him. But st- scientific studies into deja vu show that it happens most of the time around like. <laughs> Like that time after lunch between like two o'clock and three o'clock where you're, you're like <laughs> mentally tired, yeah. but you start getting some energy back. That's most of the time when deja vu happens, it's because you're like mentally tired for the day. Hmm. So maybe know, he, he was having a mental effect. I don't know. I don't know it I, is a pretty, pretty cool story. I've had a day where it's just nonstop. I feel like I've done that entire day before. I mean, I've, I've had that. Oh, yeah. 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 Interesting. So what was really cool about that, uh, that John Teeter uh, explanation of time travel was his, the, his, his explanation of time was that it's all, all streams of time are running in parallel, but they come to a, or they, or they, or they're, or they're diverging from each other, but at some points they come together and where they come together that's where they can jump to a different timeline. Mm-hmm. It's only when cool. they come together that they can jump. So, so he, he like, he spends a lot of time talking about the calculations that go into calculating time divergence mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so the farther he gets away from his time divergence, the less mm-hmm. likely he is to actually get, be able to get back to his own time. Yeah. Which is timeline. why a lot of times he ends up having to wait like 20 yeah. years or something before he can jump back. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I had forgotten about that part of the story. Yeah. That's very interesting. You know, the, there was a lady that used to comment on a lot of um, YouTube videos about him and I started watching her YouTube videos and she said that the reason she was trying to find him was because she was pregnant with his child. I know. Um, That's back, some weekly back, world news, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, back then, uh, this was like, man, like 2013, 20, maybe like 2014, I think. Yeah. So uh, back then on YouTube, you could email the creator of videos. Yep. And so I sent her an email, never heard back, um, and, you know, but whatever, man. Like, you know, I, I, I'm willing to listen to anyone's story. Oh, yeah. Um, you Always know, keep an open mind. Yeah, and that doesn't necessarily mean I'm willing to believe their story, but I will at least afford them the human decency of listening to what they have to say. Yeah, I try to use the uh, improv techniques that I teach, which is yes and, and and I do that with these things. It's instead of being a skeptic right away and I'm going to figure out how to prove it wrong, I'm going to spend some time and say, okay, how can I prove this right? And I'm going to go as far as I can and I'm going to believe as hard as I can 
until I find something that tells me I shouldn't. Like that's that's what I want to do, and that's the t- type of respect I want to give others because that's what I hope people do for my stories. Well, so in, in using that as a <laughs> using that as a segue a little bit <clears throat> into uh, hearing a story and not really sure what to believe about it. Uh, I'd like to, if we can, because we got a limited amount of time here. I'd like sure. to talk a little bit about because uh, your in, your interest maybe in in the Navy confirmed uh, videos that recently, well, they, they came out a few years ago, right? And then and then finally the Navy has yeah. said, "Yep, they're ours." Yeah, it was. Uh, let's see, the very end of 2017, like Dece- December 16, 2017, I believe, is when the New York mm-hmm. Times finally, or like they came out with the, the groundbreaking article. Uh, that's that's what brought me into this. I was always a passive observer. I used to watch the documentaries, even when I was a kid. Like that one that used to come on TV, the TV show called Sightings. Yeah, I love that show. (laughs) Unsolved Mysteries as well, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, but, you know, that's back when I would close the book, turn off the TV and go about my life. And these kids are frustrated. You put it all aside and you're like, it's all BS. I hate it. You know, I never want to read this again. (laughs) But um, when I, when I saw Lou, (laughs) when I saw Luis Elizondo on uh, CNN speaking so matter of fact in real world and professional and friendly and like just confident and, about this is like, yeah, this is a legitimate phenomenon. Uh, we're investigating it, and you know, let's let's see where we go from here. And I was like, yeah, what, what? Like, yeah, it totally changed everything. So, yeah, yeah he's there was incredible. that video. There was the, yeah. Um, so there was the Tic Tac video. Uh, then uh, Gimbal uh, came like, uh, golly, it's like March. Or maybe maybe it was still in December when it came out with the second video. I don't remember. I think it was like March. No, sorry, it was January when they came out with Gimbal, and then they released Go Fast. That was in March. Yeah. When they had the third video. Um, so I don't know how far away you guys are from Atlanta, but I have some friends out there that saw some of the similar objects in the Go Fast video, where it's like a a cube uh, within a sphere, like a sphere of light almost. Mm-hmm. And this, these sightings were going on just in July of this year. And that's then that's when I saw something was in July. Yeah. Oh, saw, really? Wow. Yeah, see, we had our own. I saw sightings. some things too. What did you guys see? What um, did you see? For you me, was uh, July fourth. We, I had seen. I was trying cool. to take a picture because you know we were supposed to have a lunar eclipse, but it. It was so light you didn't see anything, but we both have the new (laughs) Samsung X20, so it has the 100 times space zoom. So I'm really trying to get these pictures of the moon, and I see this blue light kind of moving by, and I was able to snap a picture of it. Um, and, And, you know, after I snapped a picture of it, it started moving all around different ways and different stuff like that. Well, when I lowered the exposure on it and then brightened that up, it was this blue image that, I kid you not, looked like a traditional saucer. It was like a... And had a blue wave behind it. Whatever I get. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, just like that. I mean, it was that... It was circling, like, you know, like you're looking at Saturn. And then it had Mm -hmm. these, like, waves, these blue waves, almost like a a trail a, a radiation trail or something on it yeah. um, it's That's quite awesome. remarkable I'll, I'll email it to you it's we posted sure. it, 
it blew my mind. I was like, Josh. <laughs> well, then, and then we had our our thing in my backyard here yep. in June, towards the end of June, uh, we were tracking uh, something uh, like moving, uh, kind of low on the horizon, from what was it like southwest to north northeast, somewhere something like, like that. Yeah, towards towards. I'm, I'm really close to the Ohio River, so I was tracking towards the river, and. Um, and you, you know, we knew it wasn't a plane. Four months, like, <laughs> so you kind of like Stefan kind of hit around it with a laser with a, with a green laser, and it flashed back every time we would hit around it with a green laser. It wow. flashed back, and at we us. made sure to do it at mm. random intervals to make sure it wasn't mm-hmm. you know like that. And it happened, yeah. So then, like, fast forward 10, 15 minutes later, mm-hmm. we're standing there still looking in that direction, hoping we'll see it again. Stefan mm. happens to turn around. Uh, well, I, I was, str- I kid you not, I was stretching my neck and I was like mm. trying to pop my neck and I look behind. <laughs> and there's this big, like maybe a quarter of the moon bright light coming up from behind us. We all turn, we both turn around to look at it and it just shoots straight up in this, in this like this shot of light. It yeah, was crazy. It was, it was, wow. It was wow. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That so we had really a cool. number <laughs> of sightings within yeah. like a few week period. I mean, it was, I mean, we had another one just yeah, yeah. two weeks ago when we went to Point Pleasant for the Mothman yeah. stuff. We oh, saw wow. one. Yeah. yeah. For a good solid two minutes. Yeah. I mean, we're tracking. Right. There's one flashing back it at was us. flashing again. back at us. And then finally it like got annoyed and it started like moving all over. Yeah. It looked path. like it was like trying to get away from the lighter playing with it. And it was, I mean, it got for, I swear to God, like a solid two minutes, man. man like nice. it was, it was crazy. So yeah. Cool, though. yeah. It's been, we've been, yeah, it's uh. So sometimes the phenomenon will, um, like, in, you know, it's, it's it's hard to really describe what it does. It, it almost seems like that it messes with you, or it plays with you, or toys with you. That's how I felt. It, it may not. It may be malicious. It may be malicious. It may be neutral. Um, a lot of people are so like just filled with the awe or the wonder of what's going on that that they are led to believe that it's like a spiritual experience or that like each side i'm not i'm not sold on either i just want to know what it is yeah you know that's really i I want to know what it actually is where it's coming from well it's why it happens how it happens because john keel another quote from john keel that i really am standing by right now is he talks about people he said those of us that have an opportunity to see these phenomenon from the ground either see it by accident or it was done by design and that just has blown my mind to Dude, think about that's awesome yeah and it's yeah. pretty early on in that book yeah and he says that mm. and i agree yeah, with I'm, that 100 percent. i mean i am i am like probably three quarters of the way through that book and he lays out, man, the, the things that he lays out really synchronize with um, the second season of uh, Unidentified. Unidentified. Yeah, for sure. So okay, much of the cool. conclusions of stuff just really are echoed mm-hmm. uh, from from that you know, book from Keel. And again, he wrote that book in what seventy seven. Yeah, that was the he wrote that. That was the book right before Mothman yeah. Prophecies, and then. Uh, Eighth Tower came after Mothman Prophecies, but I look at that trilogy as the Holy Grail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, can you tell me the name of the book you're talking about again? Yeah, it's uh, Operation Trojan Horse, which oh, is yeah, a, yeah. which is a very okay. fitting book title for what he yeah. gets into. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's, it's um, excellent. I'm familiar with it. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. yeah. Like we were saying, um, we're I've seeing not, a lot of that in mm-hmm. season two so far. 
cool. So what um, I've I've started season two, but I'm not as far along as you guys are. So what what's uh, what goes on in episode five? Uh, to oh yeah, so they uh, and I don't you know. So first of all, anybody who hasn't seen episode five, spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, but <laughs> they uh, so episode five is all about interviewing um, uh, commercial airline pilots. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so one of the uh, one or a group or one pilot telling a story, but confirmed by other pilots, is that they were flying uh, close to Vegas, and they yeah. saw a tower. Of uh, yeah, they said lights. it looked like an antenna, like an tower. antenna, but it was like blinking in sequence. Yeah, so it's like this long, oh. huge, long tower that had I don't know six or seven different lights, uh, like orb lights yeah. on it that hmm. were not in um, equally spaced out areas. But they said it looked like an antenna that held these these things there, and they it was right in front of them at thirty five thousand feet and 20 miles away from them. And then it was five miles away from them. And they're trying to hit up the radar. People are like, guys, we need to do this. And then an American Airlines pilot coming from the South, they were coming from the North, said the exact same thing. And it's insane. And Lou says that he's he's heard of these before. That's the first time I had heard of them. Heard of the tower. But it was like, even just the CGI image they used gave me goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I went into like, I shared my very, very, very first type of encounter that I couldn't explain, and it involved um, out in New Mexico. It'd be like a two-hour gap. Uh, I was I was like 11 years old when it happened. But um, if anyone wants to go to Twitter uh, at Tiller Four Ruler Number Four, yeah, for sure. Did you live? Did you live out there? I think I took it down. Yeah. Um, No, we were. we were on like a family vacation. Gotcha. Um, I have a very strong religious background, and uh, join the club. We were we we were at, yeah <laughs> cool, um, but we uh, we were at a like a like kind of like a like a place where you go like on a retreat or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lots you, of them out you know fa- family activities and and stuff. And I mean you know there's a lot of stigma against religion in general, but this was a pretty pretty cool place. But they had um, hiking trails all over the mountains near the Pecos watershed, where mm-hmm. there are some some paranormal things that are reported. But anyways, oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So the the um, airline pilots, and uh, yeah, I've seen like they have they're interviewing a lot more military now too, and you know it's like the, there's less ground these days for the skeptics to stand on. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, it's 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 definitely getting a lot mm-hmm. harder for them to to disprove uh, than it is for us to prove. You know, I, I, I was almost, um, I was curious, and uh, this is just an anecdotal comment, but <clears throat> the whole uh, To the Stars just really strikes me as um, a really well put together organization. And and they do some things in season two, um, like Lou, Lewis, goes, Lewis goes down to, where, uh, 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 Argentina. Yeah, he goes down to a couple and, different places. Oh yeah, and wow. uh, and like okay. Oh. See, I suspected that he was going to do that. I knew that he was in Peru. Yeah, uh, but last he like November. He like yeah. you know gets gets agreements with like the the militaries down there to to share UAP uh, sighting information. And I just I just feel like that 
there's no way that that he could be doing that without the backing of the United States government. I mean, I just don't see how it's possible. Well, I mean, he he doesn't, you know, for whatever aspects or to whatever degree, I don't know, but he doesn't technically work for the United States government anymore. So he yeah, could, right, you know. <laughs> I, we we both just secretly it. think they've got a little more connection still <laughs> than they talk about, him, especially with Mellon yeah. and those guys. I mean, and the mm-hmm. you know because they're getting all these people yeah. that have never said anything before right. and some things like mm-hmm. that. So not yeah. not to create a conspiracy, but I think it's cool. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the never, the best part definitely. for me was when he went to the uh, basically the Project Blue Book of one of the countries, and of course the guy was like, "We've closed one hundred percent of all the cases <laughs> as um, uh, as explained." Yeah. And Blue's like, "Oh, okay, so oh, you're wait, telling wait. me that was in Argentina when that happened?" I, I don't just, remember when he went to two or three different. Yeah, countries. he went to a couple down there. It might have been Peru. Um, or it might have been Uruguay. I don't, I don't remember. But yeah, the best is, is he calls this dude out. He's like, so, you're saying 100% with 100% accuracy, you can say this. And then the guy's like, well, I mean, 99.9% were all misperceptions. And Lou's just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, there. Uh, when I first came on to the SCU, there was an organization from – South America had reached out to us to see if there could be a partnership formed and um, would, me would like another guy and I right were, going, were looking through these documents to see if there was anything we could examine from like a, a purely scientific standpoint but um, there really wasn't you know there was a, there were a lot of good um, uh, leads or a lot of good stories you know but there wasn't anything we could examine scientifically. There was one case that you could look at through a scientific lens, but there wasn't really any data to analyze and advance the understanding of the objects or mechanisms or technologies that were going on. Uh, So I took it upon myself, and this was before we got the um, SCE review newsletter and plans for the scientific journal underway. I took it upon myself to translate the entire 100 plus page document into English. That's dedication. I I got it done, but I didn't have it proofread and checked for accuracy. If I'm gonna publish something like I want it to be like obsessively compulsive, like like perfect, you know. Um, And uh, an organization from the United Kingdom beat me to it. So, yeah. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> okay, so bad. it was Argentina. Yeah. I just found it. It was Argentina? Yes. Okay, so, so that's, yeah, he's the, the, one that's that the Sephora said that, document. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the one that said that 100% of their uh, UAP phenomenon has been explained as not as not anything. All right, so in this game of poker, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in down the BS card because I've read through that report in the native language, and I can see... I saw several instances in which they were project blue booking this thing and they were trying to find any, any reason whatsoever. Yep. That's precisely what, report. that's what Elizondo mm-hmm. said as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that they just closed yep. cases, just mm-hmm. closed them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had a lot of time to sit with that document and look at it. That's uh that's the one that I uh, translated into English. 
so, <laughs> remarkable. But you know, I'm sure that the United, the organization from the United Kingdom, uh, did a better job. You know, because uh, well, number one, there's there's more of them than there are of me. <laughs> right? so, yeah. So unless you're cloned, anyways. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> under my under my NDA, I cannot discuss. That. I'm just <laughs> hey, ladies, there may be more than one Tillaferillo. <laughs> well, that's oh, how you, that's how you know he's no. the real one. Yeah, that's how you know he's the real Tillaferillo. <laughs> that's why you got to say that, right? Uh, yes. Hey, no, no taker for fakers here. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, man. So. Oh, my gosh, man. That's great. Uh, But, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, um, uh, I can can leave you guys with some, like, uh, leads of where I think some of the the disclosure movement is going. Ooh, yeah. Before I do that, before I do that, I do want to say something that, that I've recently come come to realize, um, with regards to government secrecy, does our government hold back the truth? Yes, I believe that they do. I believe that they have. Um, has our government withheld truth about uh, the reality of unidentified flying objects? Yes, I believe they have, but I don't think that it's the way that we we kind of think that they're, you know, treating us like kids and we can't go in their mystical closet and magical treasures or something, you know? Okay. Okay. Well, it basically like this, like, uh, we think like the government is not telling us something because they think we can't handle it or because they're treating us like kids or they have all this information they don't want to share. I honestly think that the, the government secrecy side is that they don't want to go on record um, investigating it. Now, mm-hmm. where the the quote-unquote secret knowledge comes from, like the groups of people who do have more of an insight of how these things work, how the phenomenon functions, at least in part, or maybe where some of the supposed uh, extraterrestrial beings, if that's such a thing, where they may be coming from, uh, those groups are, are private contractors. So let's look at the case of Bob Lazar. Yes. He worked at S4 out of Area 51. Uh, Area 51 is a government facility. He wasn't hired by the government. He was hired by EG&G. EG&G was contracted by the government. So then when you do that, you are, in many cases, you can be FOIA exempt. Uh, you can be exempt from oversight in uh, certain instances. You don't have as much monitoring and you don't have to report everything to the public. So when the Pentagon officially owned up to these videos and had them online, below the three downloadable video files, you had a whole bunch of PDFs and these PDFs were like purchase orders. If you go and look through them and they're all online and some of these uh, purchase orders, uh, the United States was selling 
material to Australia, and it has something to do with um, uh, National Oceanic Aviation Administration. National, what I don't know, the NOAA and um, the uh, NICAT. I forget all these abbreviations of what they stand for. That's right. all right. But then you all, but then you also have um, organizations that were based in Huntsville. What's in Huntsville? Space and Rocket Research. Right. Yeah. They're they're building the um, machines that will build the aircraft or spacecraft that we use for the next Mars mission in Huntsville right now. Uh, Bigelow Aerospace used to do operations. Yeah. Uh, yeah, out of Huntsville too. So some of the purchase orders actually include Bigelow Aerospace. You can go back through and if anybody out there is more knowledgeable of contractor language or what some of the codes mean or what some of the materials are, you would probably gain a lot more insight and be able to connect the dots. And it's, it's public. It's in the public domain now. So I suspicion that one next step when they start talking about uh, crashed vehicles or pieces or material that they have from these uh, alleged UAPs, is uh, you're going to have some analysis of these uh, purchase orders and see some of the technologies that have come from them or analytical reports that have come from them. Um, I think those purchase orders are there for specific. I don't think it's by happenstance or random coincidence. I agree with that. So it's. So it's yeah. purposeful, non-directed disclosure. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, that, it's also a way, it, it's a way to say, <laughs> hey, look, we're not hiding anything. Right. That information has been out there for so long. Right. It was, but it's hidden in plain sight, so to speak. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah uh, I wouldn't, uh, I, I understand what you mean. Yes. Hidden in plain sight. But sometimes people will uh, see the Fibonacci ratio somewhere right? and say it's, it's something's hidden in plain, in plain sight. So I like, I don't think it's a, any type of conspiracy. No. I think it's a, a soft and closed uh, disclosure with good intentions. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's yeah. a slow disclosure and yeah. I, I think we've been seeing a lot of that, you know, just some of the docs that we've watched and stuff like that even talk about, um, Hollywood being used as a way yeah. to slowly get people used to some of the technology that is already in existence uh, using sci-fi as a way to get us used to it when when, so when the military does, decides right. to present it we're like oh yeah yeah that's like on well, Star it's, Trek looks <laughs> like the the patent that I found and shared a few months ago about the Navy patenting that uh, uh, triangle craft that right. uh, you know is also TR3B yeah Yep. Yeah. Uh, there's a um, if any anybody out there, uh, 3D printing, which I mean, I'm not into 3D printing, but I did find a 3D print model of the TR3B Astra that you can purchase online and print at your local library. Huh. <laughs> it's just fun to have. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> well, okay, so there's that, um, but uh, I think that the next, like when we first started talking, um, 
I think I was telling you guys that I think the next logical step to be able to understand or for society to begin to accept that we are not, um, that, we're not that we're not the only planet that harbors life or that we're not the only intelligent life right and again this is these are my own like hypotheses here yep i'm not speaking on behalf of the scu and these are my own opinions and thoughts no other organization or entity uh the next logical step would be to to understand that um they, that we've been uh protected by a um group of people who are highly advanced in technology we can call them angels we can call them uh like the Denisovans, or, or we can, <laughs> yeah, like the ultra terrestrial, you know, or, or crypto terrestrial uh, species. Um, but I think that there's a, a another half step that will get us even closer to that, and that is evidence that suggests or evidence that proves that we humans are the extraterrestrials. I, we, the, yes, mm-hmm. I agree with that 100%. <laughs> yeah, um, and you know, if you look around the planet, I mean, yes, we have hominid species from the past, but we don't behave like any other animal. No. Uh, you know, and flag me for being a scientifically inaccurate here, but I cannot think of another species that that or another mammal that that's land living that gets a sunburn yeah i have no idea yeah i mean neither and i mean i'm sure there is but still gorillas don't get sunburns well, they're covered in hair <laughs> not all not the whole body though yeah they are oh their faces they've got skin areas so yeah well, well yeah i guess hands or something like mm-hmm. yeah it just seems awkward. And then, okay, and then fur, um, most mammals that are similar to us are, you know, like have some kind of fur or fish have scales or we have to wear clothing. Like we fashion clothing for ourselves. And I understand there's an evolutionary process and science says this or science says that. Science says a lot of stuff that's not 100% accurate. You know, they're even like rethinking the Big Bang now. I mean, how assured were we that the Big Bang was the, like, that's exactly how it happened. And now even Lawrence M. Krauss, who developed the Big Bang Theory, and wrote an 11-chapter book about um, a universe from nothing, why there is something rather than nothing, even he is starting to question uh, if the Big Bang is the exact explanation for the beginnings of the universe. Well, See what I mean? And also yeah. the the evolutionary you know the evolution angle though <clears throat> it always always had a problem for me because according to our understanding or, or science's understanding of of the history of what we are the the what are we Homo sapien mm-hmm. okay Homo so sapiens sapiens yeah. yeah so the history of that is only like you know twenty or thirty thousand years old so you're telling me that. In that short period of time, we, you know, evolved to what we are now. Quicker than, you know, say right. an alligator who has been around for millions of years. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Why? Uh, exactly. Exactly right. It, it has to have, like, 
I think another thing that we're going to begin to understand is that our DNA um, inside our cells and uh, maybe even mitochondrial DNA acts like some sort of antenna and that it receives a type of signal from the source of consciousness that permeates every aspect of the universe, every element, everything. And that consciousness itself plays a role in this active or sped up process of evolution. Like Darwinian, classical Darwinian evolution can account for some things, but it's not a blanket explanation. There's more to it than that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one thing we're going to find out pretty soon. Again, you know, it's not, <laughs> uh, it's not the, you know, UFOs arriving in the White House lawn or no. anything. <laughs> well, and, but, and um, like we've yeah. talked about, even if that were to happen, somebody would say it's staged or it's fake or, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, well, does. of course. I mean, you know, and to add to that, we do have the theory out there of the false flag alien invasion, which is right. definitely something that could happen, um, whether it's real or whether it's faked. But if it's real, people will say it's real, or they'll say it's faked. And if it's faked, people will say it's faked, or that yes. it's real. It's like, right. you yes. know, when will we ever definitively know? I don't know. It may, it may take uh, actual interactions, if that's even the safe thing to do, for, for human beings to interact with this other advanced intelligence in in a safe way if that's a safe thing to do it may actually take first-hand experience for people to be convinced one way or the other yeah i mean i think it's gonna have to be a slow you know a handful at a time until you've mm-hmm. reached enough people to start to sway the mass yeah mm-hmm. and it's like the flat earthers i mean you know we everybody gives them a lot of hell but that's the way most people are when it comes to uaps and things like that yeah. they're like i ain't gonna believe anything even though millions of people have seen it <laughs> i want to see it with my own eyes right. and not through your camera because you could have obviously done five million dollar special effects on your iphone with when you live in a trailer oh, park so. <laughs> don't get me started <laughs> so hey point. so hey man mm-hmm. i i know when we got started you had a limited time and i think we're over that time yeah. so i don't want to i don't want to hold you up oh that's cool it's cool mm-hmm. um but do you have any kind of i don't know parting uh parting anecdotal information or you know you know other than my song you can't steal my sign off which is the truth is out there you can't steal that so you have, <laughs> no, say that's something cool, else that's cool <laughs> uh I encourage everyone to keep their eyes to the skies, keep their minds open. Um, you know, it's, if people say, you know, the government's involved, I'm not going to believe it. And then someone sounds crazy. I'm not going to believe that either. I mean, you know, eventually you have to ask yourself, who am I going to listen to? If you see real scientific evidence that's peer reviewed, um, of like an actual object, a metallic object or a real physical object that's verified from like thermal optical, like thermal uh, infrared technology, electrical optical data, um, radar technicians, military experts. You can see the video yourself. You can actually read a scientific report, again, peer reviewed with all the quantified data that tells us things about this object. You cannot deny that. Mm -hmm. You cannot deny that. 
if you do, you're lying to yourself. Yes. No yep. one said, no one that I'm associated with going on public record, like none of us are saying definitively it is extraterrestrial because we don't know. We've not gone to an extraterrestrial place to observe it being made, so we don't know. But we do know it's something. We do know that we don't understand it. And we also know that by denying its existence and not giving it credible attention, none of us will ever understand. Yep. That's wow. It. That's incredible, man. Eyes to the skies. Eyes to the skies. Yep. And uh, real quick, I know people, if they want to follow you on Twitter or YouTube, uh, Tiller for Riller, uh, which we'll mm-hmm. share as well. <clears throat> and then where can they uh, find the SCU review? Um, explore SCU. Um, man, dot org. Explore SCU.org. Cool. Uh, we will share that yeah, for sure. Just, uh, mm-hmm. And also, I'm on uh, Instagram at Tiller for Riller and SoundCloud, Tiller for Riller as well. Great. Yeah, we will plug all of those and uh, we'll be looking for follows from us if we don't already have most of those. So excellent. uh, But again, thank you so much, Matt. Um, We would love to have you on again sometime. This has been highly, Mm -hmm. I know you didn't want to say it, but highly enlightening, man. You've really expanded my brain (laughs) quite a bit, to be honest with you. Well, thanks, guys. And I I now have a whole sheet of notes of things I want to look up as soon as we get (laughs) on here. (laughs) I gotta go find those PDFs. I know, right? (laughs) Okay, yeah, definitely, sure. But yeah. That's that's, that's cool, yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, Best wishes, best of luck to you. Yeah, and, thank you, uh, you know, Same if you. I could come on again in the future, just let me know. For right. sure. Yeah, Great. we will absolutely hit you up. And again, thank you so much, Matt. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see you again. <laughs> Excellent. Take care. Good night. All right. Wow. Uh, thank you, Matt Tiller. Yeah. What a. Uh, that was a fantastic. In- I mean, left me. It left me wanting, like, I'm, like, as soon as we're done recording, I'm, 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 I'm like, so much stuff I want to look up. Getting online and looking up, you know, invoices of where we build stuff to Australia. Uh, yeah, I'm like, it, it just so much stuff. And, um, I mean, you know, we didn't even share the whole conversation because there was just so much that we, you know, you know, just stuff that happened before we started recording yep. and stuff like that. Just an amazing wealth of knowledge. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, again, like we said, we've been emailing and this goes back to Brad and I, you know, back in the early days of Fearscape is when, you know, Matt started uh, reaching out and things like that. So it, it's been an absolute pleasure finally getting him on the show. And, and, and I mean, you know, having read through a lot of the stuff in the SCU review, it's all really great interesting things so i highly encourage everybody to get out there to the website and check it out yeah i it, it is it is very methodical and i appreciate that yep. i love that that astute just kind of educational look into right. things you know instead of purely speculative i mean so. it's very much uh, like a trip you know kind of a traditional scientific scientific review. journal yeah. yeah like absolutely um so make sure like we said to go check out all of his stuff tiller the number four Riller R I L L E R. Um, you know, check out his his Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, and all that stuff, and and go to check out the SEU review and all that. Um, but yeah, what a what a great what a great experience. Um, so I want to uh, quickly get into the listener story um, because you know I love me some. <laughs> I love me some listener stories. Um, but I've got a cool one 
that I actually, speaking of Brad, I actually had him do the uh, listener story this week again, since he is trying to um, really push this this voice acting stuff, uh, and he's doing a very, very good job. I hit him up for this story. Um, this comes from a guy named Mitch, and uh, we actually, and I think I said this last week, um, on the Fearscape Media Network group page, um, we've had a lot of people reaching out to us with stories, and Mitch is one of those guys, Mitch Jones, that um, that sent us this story, and it's it's incredible. So I want you guys to just listen to this, and of course, this is Brad McQuarrie. Uh, you can check out his YouTube page, We What. Uh, pretty sure it's just um, YouTube.com slash We What. Uh, but yeah, so let's take a listen to this. My name is Mitch Jones, and I'm from Goldsboro, North Carolina. I was returning home one night in the 70s from seeing my girlfriend at 1.30 in the morning. There was a sharp curve in the road. To the left of me, I saw a woman with a child come out of the woods, waving for me to stop. She wore a skirt with the poodle dog with a leash, and her shoes were black and white, which I knew she was from the 50s. I stopped to help her, and she disappeared. I took a spotlight to look for her, I was over a bridge and looked in the water, and there was a 1950s car in the water. I looked in the water again and it was gone. I went home really confused and I thought about it for a long time. I looked up accidents that happened in the 50s and found one that happened there which took the life of a high school girl. Even in the 1800s a stagecoach crashed there and took the life of two people. So now I know. I saw a ghost. Pretty, pretty spooky. Yeah. You know, and and you hear a lot of those legends and lore behind like the woman in white and things like that, especially from the fifties, you get a lot of those stories, but this, well, what, what really makes me interesting, or, or I guess is interesting to me on this one, is so he, you know he found the 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 hit for the the in the fifties the the car that went off the road mm-hmm. and the people that the person that died, but there was no mention of a child. So why why would the ghost have a child? We don't know. Yeah, I, I mean that's the thing. I mean all he saw was the the car, right? True. And, and maybe she was pregnant and people didn't know it. Well, I I wonder I wonder though if. Um, if ghosts uh, take care of other ghosts? I, it, you know, that's a theory that I've had for a long time as well. I've thought about that, um, especially after the Bardstown. Yeah. Talking about that woman talking about taking care of that kid, even though I don't know that it was, it was hers. hers. Yeah. So, yeah, in the afterlife, which is really yeah. strange. But, yeah. And then to have a stagecoach crash in the exact same area makes you wonder. It's like, is this something that happens every 200 years? Yeah. Or Speaking of... Uh, you know the the interview with Matt with you know kind right. of the things happening in sequence, in sequence or not yeah. sequence but silicles cycles. I can't say I the actual you, the word that he said <laughs> silical or something. Cyclical. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Bicycles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? It's, it's just odd to have something happen in the exact same spot, unless it's like a a tricky. Turn well, or, yeah. I mean, if, but he didn't you know, imply that. No, I, I, mean, I don't. I, I don't think that that's if, the case. if your road is named like you know Crash Hill or something, you kind of expect <laughs> right. that things like that's going to happen. <laughs> Dead man's curve, right? You know, you know exactly. <laughs> Instead you know. of like 
Johnson Way. Right, you know, uh, don't speed here, mountain, you know. I just, yeah, you know. but it didn't seem that way. I mean, though, North Carolina is indeed hilly for sure. Um, but thank you, Mitch Jones, for sharing that. Yep. Much appreciated. And I believe Mitch was somebody who said he's got some other stories that he may share with us down the road as well. Cool. And Mitch, if you're listening, please do, because that one was good. I really enjoyed. Spectacular. I love I loved your syntax on all of that. Yep. Um, but of course, you know, you guys can send in all of your listener stories to us via our email at fearscapepodcast at gmail.com or you can go to fearscapepodcast.com and uh, go to the submit a sighting and even though you know it's not necessarily a sighting per se you can still submit your listener story just make sure to put listener story on there um there's also a phone number on the web page that you can call it's our it's our google phone there so you can call and leave us a voicemail or send us a text and we'll be able to get it i mean there's a million ways but if you send us a voicemail we can use your actual voice on the show so there's lots of really cool cool things that you can do you can hit us on facebook you can hit us on twitter you can hit us on instagram you can hit us everywhere 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 that social media is fun um, but yeah, so I mean that that reminds me. It's like yeah, you can check out you know fearscapepodcast.com for all sorts of cool stuff. Um, but again, we I want to quickly, and I know we've been talking about this a lot, but I, I quickly want to talk about the Fearscape Media Network before we go. Um, this is our our big deal. Yeah. You know, we've got um, uh, it is a, it is the new home for uh, our new media empire, right? So to speak. But we've got a new podcast. Uh, I'm host with my friend Lance Wayne. Uh, Sisters of the Dark. Uh, we've got an episode with Brad actually coming out. Uh, probably will have come out about two days ago uh, on Killer Clowns from Outer Space, where we review horror movies and, and things like that. We've got a lot of great guests uh, coming up, uh, stuff like that. We've got a uh, podcast coming out soon. I believe it's called... Um Oh, I already forgot. Uh, Ray Robinson has... Unsensitive. Yes, thank you. Unsensitive, where he... <laughs> He's just gonna he's gonna learn some people uh, some stuff uh, you know for uh, just his agenda. I'm very very excited. Fearscape Media Network does not yeah <laughs> hold the views of Ray Robinson, but we do think he's a great friend and and he's absolutely hilarious. So we're looking forward to that as well as Tales from the Fearscape. Um, already in production phase right now. I got some really cool stuff coming out for Tales from the Fearscape. The first episode's going to be dropping soon, uh, and then we've got Fearscape Unhinged on YouTube. We've We've got paranormal tech. I mean, there's just so much awesomeness out there. Yep. And all of that can be found on fearscapemedia.com. Or if you're on Facebook, join the Facebook group. Just search Fearscape Media Network. Or if you're already a fan of our Facebook page, look for my invite because (laughs) it only lets me invite like 20 people a day. And we have 3,000 fans. So it's like it's taken me a while, but I'm going to get you all. (laughs) But if I don't, in the meantime, get on there. You can share your memes, share your stories. Uh, Misters of the Dark, Lance is the bomb. I mean, he's always sharing horror news and just fun stuff on there. It is just a a fantastic place for people to share things. And so do it. We have we some have amazing guests coming up in the next the couple weeks. Quite the coming up, yeah. We've got uh, Ken uh, Gerard, uh, Ger- Gerhard. I, I, I guess I, I don't know. It, it, <laughs> I would assume it's Gerhard like my name, because even though it's spelled yeah. different, um, though it could be Gerard. I know some people that have that last name spelled that way, yeah. which is actually the truer spelling of my name. Um, my name is a variation of that. So, you're, so you should actually be Stefan Gerhardt. Yeah. <laughs> is, but no, the way <laughs> the way that Ken has his last name spelled is uh, the OG Gerhard spelling. Um, so uh, it's either, but some do 
do pronounce it Gerard. It just depends. Uh, but yeah, he's coming on. He is the nation's leading expert into cryptozoology. Yep. Uh, he is absolutely amazing. He's got a number of books online, including the the Essential Guide to Bigfoot, which you can find uh, online. And when he comes on, we're going to be giving away a free signed, yep. copy. signed copy. You're going to want to check yep. out that episode. So much cool stuff. And uh, who else we got coming on? Connor Randall. Connor from Hellier. From Hellier. We yeah. have got Connor Randall from Hellier, Mr. Tin Can himself. I'm so very excited. I love Connor. I love his idea of numbers. We talked yeah. to Alan Greenfield a lot about him. Definitely feel like as far as that Hellier stuff goes, I feel like Connor is really on the right track. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, well, A, has he made any progress since right. that he's willing to share? And, and B, you know, kind of what else Connor likes to get into? Yeah, with, I'm with super stuff. excited about Connor. It's going to be in a few weeks. So one of the things that we're doing for both Ken and Connor is we are going to be doing uh, questions from our blanket huggers. So uh, we're going to be posting some stuff on our Facebook page and Twitter and all that jazz. If you have a question for either Ken or for Connor, um, you can submit that to us. And, uh, you know, we won't have time to read them all, but we're going to pick a couple of those yeah. and we're going to uh, ask Connor and ask Ken those questions from you, our audience. So very cool opportunity for yep, you guys. Exactly. So. And, you know, you could do that on our Facebook page or you can do it in the Fearscape Media Network Facebook group. Yep, you sure can. It's going to be lots and lots of ways. So I'm tired of plugging ourselves, which sounds really <laughs> gross. Um, but I want to get out of here. Yep. Uh, but again, thank you to Matt Tiller. Yep. Um, if you guys haven't watched Unidentified, uh, just go ahead and, <laughs> and get on it because, yeah. I mean, you know, you heard us talk about it a lot with Matt. It's just an amazing show and there are some real stuff getting dropped out there so yep. uh get out there and uh yeah we're gonna go and uh we'll see you guys next week this has been stefan and i will catch you on the flip side this has been josh the truth is out there and remember folks hold those blankets extra tight because things tend to get spooky when you're listening to fearscape good night everybody good night I'm so glad you were able to join us for that horrifying discussion. I hope they didn't frighten you too much. <laughs> Tune in next week for even more research into the nightmarish and haunting creeps and spooks that we tell ourselves don't exist, but we know they do. Make sure you have your blankets that you hold them extra tight. Next time on Fearscape. <laughs>